Hello, guys. Welcome to Just Like Other Girls. I am your host, Shannon Fiedler. It kind of feels like a fever dream to say that. I've always wanted to say that sentence. I'm your host, Shannon Fiedler. Yeah, I, I have to say I'm I'm super excited about this new show and only mildly terrified, which uh, if you know me, like I feel like that's just sort of my baseline for how I operate life. You know, my my general vibe is mildly terrified. So that feels like an okay place to be to start this show. You know, I'm just mostly excited, a little bit nervous, but uh, yeah, really excited to see where it goes. The first thing I do want to say is you guys heard this for the first time. Uh, I said my name and I'm sure almost half of you were like, that is absolutely, she's pronouncing her own name wrong. Uh, I'm not. You do actually pronounce my name Fiedler. No one seems to really get that right on the first try. Um, so just like other girls, what is this? It's it's a live radio show. Really what it is, is it's me talking. And if you know me at all, or if you couldn't already guess, uh, that's no problem for me. I love talking. It's also my chance to sort of talk to you guys about my life, which could sound very like self-important, and I don't mean it that way. What I mean is that I think if you're coming to this show, there's a high probability that you either follow me on Instagram or you follow me on TikTok, you, you saw me do stand-up somewhere, you have come in contact in contact with my content. And if that's the case, you probably know my characters very well. I would imagine you are very well acquainted with Connecticut Girl and you know everything Manhattan woman is going to say in any given situation. And that's fun and I love those characters, but I feel like it's so rare that I take to social media, social media and get to talk about myself and my own experiences and let you guys know who I am and what my life is like. And don't get me wrong, there is a part of me in every single one of those characters. Obviously, I'm taking these characters and I'm heightening them to the point of the absurd to bring out their most unlikable qualities. So I have to hope I'm perhaps a little bit more kind, frankly, than, than my characters. But yeah, I, I think that this will be a chance for me to give you a little BTS about my life. You know, get to know what I'm doing on a day-to-day today, what I'm what I'm doing as a comedian, what I'm doing as someone who still works in an office, what maybe, you know, I'll introduce you to my mom one day or Pat, uh, he'll come in and chat. So the goal here is to just, you know, give you my own observations about life. I want this to feel relatable. I Hopefully you'll laugh. Hopefully I'll give you some sort of new point of view for something that you could, you know, be like, oh, I never thought of it that way. Just sort of these everyday things that I notice when I interact with the world and, and hopefully, hopefully it's a comedic interpretation. Yeah. I'm just excited for you guys to get to know the girl behind the character a little bit. Cool. So the first segment of this show is going to be the Monday meltdown. And look, you're familiar with the Sunday scaries, right? You've all lived them. You've all experienced them. We know what they are. We hate them. We deal with them. The Monday meltdown, to me, is just the next logical progression of the Sunday scaries. It's when you actually get to Monday and you have to deal with Monday. And Monday is absolutely kicking your ass. And all you need to do is just, like, complain about it for a hot second. That's what the Monday meltdown is. It is your chance to vent it out. It is your chance to say, this is pissing me off today and I'm having a hard time getting through my Monday We'll talk about it. It's Monday night. You get it out in the air, and then you're going to feel better. I love a meltdown. I can't tell you how often I have meltdowns. I've had meltdowns on probably every avenue of Manhattan, and a lot of times those meltdowns 
do involve very loud tears. And, you know, that's just, that's part of being a New Yorker. But I, I melt down in my own house. I, I think there's something very good about letting your emotions be a little free. And so today is Monday meltdown. Why was Monday such a pain in the ass for me? What, what over the weekend caused me anxiety or anger or stress? Well, I'm going to talk about the Monday coming back from a weekend away because there is nothing worse than coming back to a Monday after you've been away. Now, I like to go away, right? We all love a weekend. Like we all love to travel and to explore and all of that. But I don't think we talk enough about what happens when you have to come home. So I spent last weekend at a wedding. I was in Michigan. I came home. I flew home. First of all, part of the Monday meltdown is airports in general. Like I, I am not the first person to talk about this, but there is nothing intuitive about the experience of an airport. And I think it is, it just makes you angry throughout the entire process of being at that airport. Like if, if nothing goes wrong, like you, you're either too early, you're too late. Like I feel like I get to an airport and I know I need food immediately. And trying to pick a place to get food at the airport is, I don't know why it is the hardest, but I feel like you just end up wandering around with absolutely no purpose. You pass 17 very viable places to get coffee or to get a sandwich, but you're like, maybe there's a better one. Maybe there's a better one. You keep walking around. Suddenly you end up, the only option ahead of you is a Hudson News. And then you get on the plane with a Diet Coke and a bag of combos. And suddenly that's your lunch. So I'm already in like kind of a stressed out state from being in the airport. You always, I was even comfort plus, <laughs> not to brag, but I got Comfort Plus upgraded on my trip home from Michigan. And I still had to check my carry-on because there wasn't enough space. I don't understand how there is not ever enough space for your bags. I don't understand how there is not ever enough space for your bags. So I flew into Newark. If any of you guys have ever flown into Newark, I'm sorry. It is a terrible experience. I mean, all, all airports, like I said, are awful experiences. But flying into Newark, particularly, like, if you live in New York, New York City, it's farther away their luggage area is large. So I feel like you're just walking forever. So whatever, you get your luggage, fine. I come home, we got home at a very reasonable hour. We got home at like 1 p.m., which is like, that's how I know I'm getting older because I used to plan my trips and be like, I am taking a flight out at 11.30 p.m. I am getting every minute out of my vacation. And now that I'm 30, I'm like, okay, I'm leaving as soon as I possibly can on the last morning so that I have time to go home and order dinner and put on my sweatpants and just veg out, veg out. So I got home at a very reasonable hour, around 1 p.m. Did I do anything to prepare myself for the Monday ahead? Absolutely not. Of course I did not. Did I unpack? I didn't even unzip the suitcase. Did I consider going to the grocery store? No, I just logged on to Seamless and I said, how am I gonna get dinner? You know, and then did I consider exercising? I'm not even talking like a full workout. I'm talking like stretch a little because I've been on a plane for the past two hours and my body hurts. Nope, I immediately put on my pajamas as soon as I got home while it was still light out and I sat on the couch. And so now the Monday meltdown is I woke up this morning having completely done this to myself. This is entirely of my own making. I woke up with no food in the house, my suitcase, uh, just on the floor, unpacked. And now suddenly I also have to have a life. I have to be a human being because it is Monday morning. I have to answer emails and be like, so sorry for the delay in response. When really I'm like tripping over my suitcase. I'm I, like, let me tell you how lazy I was last night. I had to wear my retainer. You can make fun of me. I do still wear my retainer. 
And I thought it was too much effort to get it out of my suitcase. So I just didn't wear it, which, you know, fine. It's not the end of the, but like that is how little effort I wanted to put into unpacking my suitcase. So today, my whole day, I'm like, I'm literally, I'm sitting at my desk, which I've been sitting at all day. Behind me is an open suitcase with things flying out of it, mocking me because I obviously overpacked. I was gone for two days. I packed like seven shirts and I'm a woman. So I'm legally obligated to pack three times the amount of underwear I need for any given trip. That is just, it comes with the, with being a girl. And so I feel like the clothes are like, well, if you didn't pack me, if you packed light, you would have an easier time unpacking today. But I didn't. And it stressed me out the entire day. I want to be the person who comes home and immediately packs, unpacks. I really do. I want to be that person. I believe in my soul that I'm organized and neat. But in reality, I'm kind of lazy. So none of that got done. And then, you know, I woke up. We didn't have any iced coffee. And I know, like, poor Shannon, you didn't have any iced coffee. Fine. I had a hot coffee. But that was just the tip of the iceberg pun quasi intended, because not only did we not have iced coffee, we didn't have any food. So I didn't know what I was going to eat for lunch. And could I go to the grocery store? No, because now I had to work. And did I have all day on Sunday to do that? Yes, I did. Did I? No. So I was stressing out about that and getting annoyed at myself for that. And I kept going back to the pantry and reopening it like something was going to, like it was the room of requirement in Harry Potter that if I wished for it hard enough, suddenly a bag of rice cakes was just going to appear inside the pantry. Or like, I'd be like that TikTok sound that's like, oh, I really want some miso soup. Oh, miso soup. But sadly, no rice cakes nor miso soup appeared at my uh, kitchen. And eventually, I just had a peanut butter and jelly and called it a day. And that is my Monday butter and jelly and called it a day. And that is my Monday meltdown. I think it's important to go from the fear of a Sunday scary to the cathartic release of a Monday meltdown. And so that is something that I'm looking forward to doing with my with my live audience every Monday. I think it's going to make me feel very relieved. So I had kind of a big week the past or a couple weeks, the past couple of weeks. Uh, you might have picked up on this a little bit from some of the things that we've already talked about or, you know, if you saw anything I had on social. Uh, I did have a big week. I launched this show today. That's really big and exciting. I turned 30 last week, which is also a big milestone. I got engaged. And last night when I ordered Seamless, I was able to decide what restaurant I wanted to order from in under 20 minutes, any minutes. And that honestly might be the biggest win of all. Because look, I <laughs> I knew like I was going to turn 30. That was inevitable. Time passes. I had a feeling Pat and I were working our way towards engagement, but being able to easily pick a restaurant that I wanted to, that's not something I ever thought I would have the ability to do. Like, I really didn't think I had that in me, like to be able to so quickly make a decision. And I have to say, I am cripplingly indecisive. I really like so painfully indecisive. I think I have literally called my, I'm 30 years old. I have called my parents from restaurants within the past year or texted them, I suppose, and said, hey, what do you think I should order? And they were like, you're 30 years old, figure it out. And I don't know why it's so hard for me. I, I think, look, I think we're all maybe a little bit indecisive now. Like we, I think living in 2022, it's, it's almost impossible to not be indecisive, right? Because like we are presented with infinite options for everything. So whether that's swiping through a dating app, 
trying to find something to order for dinner, trying to figure out what you want to watch on TV. Like it used to be when we were kids and granted we were kids, we didn't like as much, but it was like, do you want, I sound so old saying when we were kids, but you know, I was like, all right, do I want to watch Disney channel or Nickelodeon? And those were the options. And you know, I was kind of a Lizzie McGuire girl. So it was Disney channel often, but you know, SpongeBob was also a hit. So sometimes there was choice paralysis, but there were two choices. Now I have every show in the world. Like, and, and I know I'm not alone in this because my friends, like sometimes they'll say to me, they'll be like, you know, I, I spent an hour last night scrolling through Netflix, trying to figure out what I wanted to watch. The thing is it could take me an hour to figure out which streaming platform I want to scroll through. Like I could, I'm literally, I'm like Netflix, Hulu, Netflix, Hulu. Like when Disney plus came out, I felt paralyzed. Like there are just, so I feel like I have not been off my TV's home screen in months. I'm just constantly trying to figure out what, and I don't know why I'm so indecisive. I, I can't tell you how many nights I don't end up watching anything because I can just never make a decision on what I want to watch. And I don't know, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's fear of, of being wrong I, that's what I've sort of determined. I think it is, but that makes sense. Like when you're making big decisions, right? Like when you're deciding, should I take this new job or should I date this guy? I don't really know what the right and wrong decision is when you're ordering from a Mexican restaurant. Like, am I concerned that I'm going to order a burrito when the right choice was to order a quesadilla? Like, I don't, I don't know why that is so hard for me and why I can't ever decide what I want, but I'm, I'm working on it. I'm working on being more decisive. I am. And, and I'm hoping that now that I'm, you know, in my thirties, maybe that's something that comes with this new decade. I, I, I doubt it. I know myself. I don't think this has anything to do with, oh, young naivete. That's, I think I'm just like, I'm just so afraid of, of making decisions that it becomes, it becomes a bit of a challenge. Um, all right. We have, it becomes a bit of a challenge. So like I was saying, I had a pretty big couple weeks uh, beyond just being able to choose what I wanted to eat for dinner. I, I think the biggest part of it was I got engaged and I'm happy. <laughs> I, I think that, that I'm very excited. I, I cannot wait to marry Pat. So that's all, that's all fine and good. Um, but I just want to talk a little bit about, you know, what it's like to be engaged. It's kind of it's interesting. Um, it's a lot of fun. It's, it's great. Like, don't get me wrong, but it, there's some, there's some interesting parts to it, right? Like you, it definitely takes some getting used to. And I, I promise you, this is not going to become a wedding podcast. I'm not going to spend every episode talking about like this week, I planned this for my wedding, but this is big right now in my life. So I want to talk about it. Um, first of all, a little bit about how it happened and a little bit about me and just basically when Pat asked, well, he didn't ask because I said yes before he was able to get any words out, which I think is probably the most Shannon thing to have ever been done. Like, I just like completely steamrolled and was like, yes, done. And like totally unintentionally like deprived him of his moment. And he just like completely ignored the fact that I had already answered the question and then, you know, gave his wonderful heartfelt spiel. And I said yes again. And this time I was actually prompted to say yes. Uh, and then I tried to put my finger into the ring while it was still in the box. So you can call me a lot of things. Patient is not one of them. I, I was ready. I was excited. I didn't, 
know what to do. Um, and I tried to jam my, my finger into this ring. Um, and then, you know, the next morning, this is the thing. You think you're used to wearing jewelry, right? You probably do. I wear a ton of rings. It feels really different when it's a ring that means something emotionally when it's, you know, you're so excited about it. And so I was, I woke up, I was about to put on my 47 face serums because I'm now 30. So I have to have more skincare products than Sephora. And one of my moisturizers is tinted, right? Because obviously it is. And I do want to say it, it is, it does look better, but my dermatologist did tell me that it does a better job of SPF if it is tinted. So it's also for health reasons as well as I want to look tan. So it's a win-win. But this moisturizer is tinted and this ring is very shiny and clean. It's like one day, it's not even one day old at this point. So I was like, well, I don't want to get bronzer on it. So I took the ring off without any plan and fumbled it. I, I looked like I was trying to juggle out the circus over the drain of the sink. I have had this ring for 12 hours, eight of which I've been asleep for. And I almost drop it down the sink drain which I just don't think would be the best omen for a marriage ahead. And so I come out of the bathroom and I said, I was like, Pat, um, did you get insurance on this ring? And he looked at me and he was like, why? And I was like, oh, I just, nothing. I almost dropped it down the drain. And he was like, please don't tell me these things, but also I am done. This is not my responsibility anymore. This is yours. Uh, so I, this is not my responsibility anymore. This is yours. But the weirder part is, I want to talk about, like, the word fiancé is a very weird word. And I don't know if you guys are engaged or are married and were engaged or something, but, like, the concept of saying fiancé, first of all, it's fun, okay? Like, I'm not going to lie to you. Like, it is fun to say fiancé. It feels exciting. Like, I wake up every morning and I'm like, hi, fiancé. And I'm sure he's like, why did I ask this person to marry me? Like, I, this is so obnoxious, but we're going with it. It's fun. I'm enjoying it. And then suddenly you have to say the word in public and you feel like a fucking asshole. And I don't know why this is the case, but for some reason, saying the word fiance to someone else, either describing your partner as your fiance or yourself as their fiance, it feels so pretentious. And I don't, so we went to this wedding this weekend and it was Pat's friend. So it was, there were a lot of people there that I didn't know, right? People he went to college with that I had never met before or, you know, his friend's parents, stuff like that. And so people, you know, how do you know the couple? Like, that's the question you always get asked. And I would say, I'm Pat's fiance. And immediately I would just feel so awkward. I felt like such a pick me girl, right? Like I was like, pay attention to me. Like I was, don't get me wrong. I love attention. I, I'm doing a radio show. Like I clearly I have no problem with people paying attention to me, but something about being like, oh, I'm a fiance, it just felt so obnoxious. And I don't, I don't know why. And I've asked my friends, if you guys have felt that, let me know. Please like message me, call me, whatever. But like I asked my friends and they're like, yeah, like it's really weird to say the word. And it it just is. And I think part of it might be because it's French, because like First of all, like, why is the only way to say that you're engaged to someone to use a French word? Like, that is, why can't there be, like, why can't we call them, like, oh, he's my engager? Which I understand that's a terrible term and, and would probably be worse than fiancé. But, like, having to say a word in French 
it's just immediately more pretentious. Like if you go to a restaurant and they're like, oh, our soup of the day is clam chowder. You're like, oh, great, cool. I'm going to eat at this restaurant. It's going to be super chill. If you go to a restaurant and they're like the soup du jour, you're like, oh God, I'm going to pay so much more money than I should at this place. They're going to serve me. They're going to just like, you know, it's going to be so stuffy and pretentious. Like putting something in French automatically makes it feel fancier. I don't know. This could also just be because I'm super bad at French. Um, I'm actually, I, I am actually trying to learn French right now and I'm, I'm really bad at it. Like I, I speak Spanish sort of like I took it in school and, and if you, I don't know if you guys feel this way, but like the Spanish accent and the French accent are so opposite that no matter what I say, I just sound like my friends who speak French, I'm like, Oh, how am I doing? And they're like, you sound like you're speaking a, like a language that you made up. Like it, it's like you're speaking one of the languages from Lord of the Rings. Like none of this makes any sense. I, there's a bar in New York called San Tropez. And I was going to go with my friends and I was like, do you want to go to St. Tropez? And they laughed in my face as they should have. I am an adult person who lives in New York. Like, but to me, the French language is just so utterly confusing. So if you have any tips for how I could get better at French, um, I'd really like to know them because my, I, I'm not doing well. And I don't know if it's just like, you can't teach an old dog new tricks, but I, I'm having a really hard time figuring out how to say even like, bonjour, like I just, or fiance, like I feel so dumb when I try to speak French and I love the language, which is why I want to speak it. Like this is no shade to how French sounds. This is how, French sounds in my mouth. It sounds wrong. It sounds like does not compute. I am a robot malfunctioning when I try to speak French. Um, but yeah, so that's a complete side note, a total tangent about my experience with Duolingo. <laughs> um, but back to what's going on. I, I got engaged and I turned 30. And I have to say, I when I learned that the launch date of the show was going to be two weeks after my 30th birthday, I was like, I'm going to have so much to talk about turning 30. And it really didn't feel like a big deal at all. And I'm like, I don't know. I, 13 going on 30 is one of my favorite movies. So I like, I don't know, like I had this whole, I don't know if I thought it was going to feel exciting or scary. Um, it is, it's a major milestone. And I think especially if you're a woman, it's a huge milestone. And I'm sure, I'm sure it feels great, like intimidating for men too, like to enter this new decade. But I, I feel like ever since we saw Marissa Tomei and my cousin Vinny say, my biological clock is ticking like this. And then there are all the Forbes lists that are like 30 under 30. There's just, there's so much fear about entering this new decade. And I expected there to be this sort of overwhelming feeling on the day that I turned 30 of like, I'm no longer a kid. I, I'm a grown up. like whatever. I, I don't even know what I thought I was going to feel, but I really thought I was going to feel something. And I really felt nothing. And that's like kind of anticlimactic. Like, I, I wish I had more to say. I will say the, the weirdest thing is, I don't know if this is going to make sense. It doesn't feel weird to be in my thirties it feels weird to no longer be in my 20s. And that, that I think, has been a weird distinction. I, I think, at least in my experience, when you're in your 20s, 
being in your 20s is such an important part of your identity. Like I'm a 20 something girl. I'm a 20 something living in New York City. I'm Carrie Bradshawing all around. Like I'm, it was such a part of who I was. It was being a 20 something and being young and being new to things. And, and now I'm not. And I think I'm kind of excited about it because I know what I'm doing a little bit more. Like I can go into my job and I know that I know that I know what I'm doing, right? I know, like, I have some confidence that comes with experience, not with just the blind confidence of being 20 years old. And you're like, nothing can stop me. Like, I don't know. I I look back at some of the things I did in my 20s and I'm like, did I genuinely think I was invincible? And the answer is, I think, yes, I think we all do. But I don't know. And then I just feel like being in my 30s is is nowhere near as weird as I thought it was going to be. So I'll let you know as I continue down this journey of being in a new decade. But thus far, I, I kind of love it. I Well, to be fair, I also, I started telling people I was 30, like the minute I turned 28, which is kind of a weird, I feel like most people don't do that, right? Like I, or at least none of my friends did. I, I don't want to generalize, but I was like, well, 29 is basically 30 and I'm 28. So like, I'm whatever, I'm, I'm closer to 30 than I am to 20. So I'm just going to start telling people I'm 30. And I, even in my content, right? Like I would do posts, you've seen them probably where I'm like, oh, like going out in your twenties versus your thirties. My friends are like, you are not 30. I'm like, mm, but basically. And so again, giving advice that no one asked for, I don't like, no one comes to me for advice, but I'm going to give it to you because I have a platform right now where I can. My advice would be like, don't, don't shy away from it. Like, I think the earlier you embrace turning 30, the less get, the less weird it feels. Like I, I have felt like I honestly, 31 might be a bigger deal for me because I've been saying 30 for so long that 31 might suddenly be this like, oh my God, I'm, I feel old. And I don't know. I do feel old. And I like, it's funny because whoever you talk to, like I, my parents live at the beach. We have a great community of friends and they really span generations. So I'm talking in very like personal, it's like family, right? So I'm talking to people who are 22. I'm talking to people who are 52. And when I talk to the 22 year olds, they're like, oh my God, like they, I think they genuinely think I'm old, which is fine because I am to them. But then when I talk to the 52 year olds, they're like, you're so young, enjoy it. I'm not giving you anything new that you don't know, but it is perspective. And I, I find that when I'm talking to large audiences, like in a stand-up show, when I try to comment on my age, everybody has a strong opinion. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, a couple of things that I want to try to start doing weekly on this show. Uh, like I said, the goal here is for you to get to know me a little bit. And I feel like there's no better way to get to know someone than through the things that they like and the things that they hate. I think those are really defining characteristics. So I'm going to do a, a weekly segment on the show again with a segment. This is like, this feels so cool. I got to tell you, I, I never thought I'd have segments, but I do. And this segment uh, is the Shannon and the Shan off. Um, I love a pun. I love putting my name in a pun. You will find that uh, that should be my first Shannon, but it's not this week. But I do. I love. I love puns. I love wordplay, and I love wordplay with Shan. So the Shannon is something that I am super on board with. It is something I love. Something I think is amazing that I unabashedly love with fervor. Um, the Shan off is something that pisses me off to no end. That makes my skin crawl. That makes me incredibly angry. And look. These could be, obviously, I could be like, I love my family. And I could be like, and I hate 
hatred in the world. Like, obviously, I love and hate those things. These are not big concepts of like, this is like, okay, this should be a shan off, but it's not. But like, when you ask someone like on Thanksgiving, you like want to play around, you're like, what are you thankful for? And they're like, my family. I'm like, I want to hear like, I'm thankful for sweet potatoes. Like, I, these are like the trivial things that I have very strong opinions about one way or another. Uh, and, and this is what they are. So this week's Shan on is trivia. You can't get more trivial than that, but I fucking love trivia. First of all, I went to liberal arts college. I basically got a degree in trivia. Like my degree prepared me for no job in the world, but it has made me a master at trivial pursuit. I watch Jeopardy every night that I remember to turn it on, which is less nights than I would like it to be. But theoretically, it's something that I want to be a part of my daily routine. I, my parents and I play Trivial Pursuit so frequently. And it, like we've roped Pat into it. He's part of the gang now. Like that is my, I love going to bar trivia. And I'm a very competitive person. Like the most competitive. I just got competitive about being competitive, if you heard that there. But like it's true. I really, I am very competitive, but something about trivia, like I have to win, don't get me wrong, but it's not the same competitiveness I feel like if I go and play tennis. It, it should also be known, I, I am far worse at tennis than I am at trivia. So like I should be more competitive at trivia, but for what I find it like weirdly calming and like weirdly just like, so like I'm the kind of person who is constantly like asking people like, for fun factoids or like delivering factoids that no one asked for. And I just think, I don't know. I don't know if it's because I love knowing things like that's such a dumb statement to say, but like there is something so fun about knowing something so random. Like I would rather know trivia than things of importance. Like if you ask me like about a current event that's going on in the world, there's a high probability I don't know it. If you ask me to name every sidekick from every Disney movie, like I am your girl, I could list them all. Um, and, and just, I think the other thing that's fun about trivia too is like when you play with other people. So if you're playing bar trivia, uh, I have a group of friends I play bar trivia with all the time. Or if Pat and I play trivia like together or watch Jeopardy, you kind of compliment each other and you figure out like, oh, this is what I know. This is what my friends know. This is what so-and-so knows. And it's just like really cool. And uh, yeah, I I absolutely love trivia. I could play Trivial Pursuit every single, and it's like, I understand that this is not like a cool thing about me. I understand that people are like, let's play a fun game like Taboo or Scategories. And I'm like, let's play Esoteric Trivia where you have to like prove your knowledge. But for whatever reason, it is my favorite game. It is my favorite thing to do. So the Shannon of the week is trivia. The Shan off of the week has to be my biggest pet peeve of all time. I, I hate this so much and I've hated it for so long and it makes me so angry. And that is cakes shaped like other foods. I cannot fucking stand cake shaped. And I want to, I want to say, I know that we live in a time now where there was like the whole TikTok, like, ah, oh, it's a cake. And like, there's even a Netflix show about this. I've hated this for so much longer than that whole, like, is it cake thing? And I'm not trying to sound like one of those girls that's like, oh, like I knew the band before it was cool. Like, no, I just need you to know that I have hated this for a really long time. And it just, it makes me, it makes me so mad because this is the logic behind it. Like if somebody gets someone a cake shaped like another food, this is the logic. The logic is she really loves hamburgers. So we got her a cake shaped like a hamburger. 
If she really loves hamburgers, get her a hamburger. Why does it have to be a cake shaped like a hamburger? Because first of all, there's like some weird synesthesia mind craziness games going on. If you see a burger, which is savory and salty and barbecue-y, and then suddenly you cut into it and it's fondant and coconut and funfetti, that is confusing, right? Like if I'm looking at a burger, I don't want to eat cake and I love cake. I'm, I have a soul. I like cake, but I don't want it to look like other foods. And I think that if you know somebody likes a food and you want them to have that food, just get them that food. Put a candle in that food. One year for my, my favorite food is nachos. One year for my birthday, my friends put candles in nachos. It was the best birthday I ever had. It, it was me. It felt like me. And when I looked at the nachos, they tasted like cheese, not like sugar. And there is like, there's a small nuance, right? Because people are like, well, what about like cake shaped like hair dryers? Like that doesn't bother me. If the cake is shaped like an inanimate object or even an inanimate object, it could be a cake shaped like a rabbit, as long as that's not like a, a serving of rabbit on a dish. But like, if the cake doesn't look like a food, fine. I, I still don't think it's necessarily necessary, but like I have no problem. If someone got me a cake shaped like a hairdryer, I would have no problem with it. I don't know why anyone would choose a hairdryer, but if they did, I'd be like, oh, fine, it's a cake, whatever. You, you, you cut into it, you eat it, you enjoy it. If that cake looked like chicken nuggets, because I like chicken, then I would just want the chicken nuggets. And so this is, this is a hill that I will absolutely die on. I, if I was running for Congress, this would be my platform. Like Shannon for Congress, we're outlawing food shaped like other cakes, shaped like other foods, because it is just, it is the most infuriating thing in the world to me. And it like, even like when we were kids, remember they used to have like the gummy Krabby Patties. Those pissed me off too. I want my gummies to look like bears or like worms, things that I don't associate what they taste like. But if I'm looking at a little burger, I want it to be a burger. It, it, I know that this is like an incredibly strong opinion on an incredibly unimportant matter, but it is, these are the kinds of things that keep me awake at night. They really are. So those were the Shannons and the Shan offs of the week. Um, we're coming up at the end of the show here. I do, I do want to say, first of all, thank you to those who tuned in. Thank you to everyone who's listening now that it's, you know, released onto other platforms. I, I want to take a minute to just talk about the, the really are. So those were the Shannons and the Shan offs of the week. Um, we're coming up at the end of the show here. I do, I do want to say, first of all, thank you to those who tuned in. Thank, thank you to everyone who's listening now that it's, you know, released onto other platforms. I, I want to take a minute to just talk about the, the name and I don't think it needs explanation, but I did want to, provide just a little color around why just like other girls is what I've called the show, what I think that means for me and my audience and, and what it means for the content that's going to be on the show. And the idea, it comes from the famous phrase that we've all heard a million times, not like other girls. And I hate that phrase. I hate when you hear someone say like, oh, they're not like other girls because it makes me, it makes me so angry because it makes the idea of being like other girls sound like it's a bad thing. And I just, I don't think that's the case. I think there are so many amazing things about being a girl or a woman, feminine, whatever you want to call it, like that I think we're often like told to feel bad about, right? Like from the ridiculous to the sublime, you know, from like being mocked for liking pumpkin spice lattes to being told we're too emotional in the workplace. Like there are things that make in my that i think women tend to have in common that 
people try to dismiss me like, oh, I'm not like other girls. Like I'm, I'm, I'm a cool girl or like whatever. And then they cite something so benign. Like I'm not like other girls. I drink beer like that. That doesn't make you not like other girls. Right. And I think, and I think, I think there are plenty of people who are, you know, totally different, right? They, they don't subscribe to this at all, but I proudly am unapologetically feminine. I think my experience is it's fun to be like other girls. The things that make us just like other girls are actually the things that make us so complex and interesting and, and fascinating. And I, I want to be able to talk about those, you know, sort of stereotypically girly things and not mock them, but to celebrate them and to celebrate them through a lens of comedy, because that's what I do. That's my thing. I'm a comedian, but I want to talk about the, the things that we're all doing. I want to talk about the things that make me just like every other girl that's listening to this, whether that is the experiences we've had dating or, you know, being a bridesmaid in someone's wedding or writing an email and having to physically force yourself to strip out the exclamation points because you've put 47 exclamation points in a two paragraph email. Like I take pride in all of that. And I think it's fun. And I think it's like, there's something really communal about that, that aspect of, of being just like other girls that I think it's cool. And I don't think you have to necessarily be a girl to get it. Like if you know a girl, you probably get it. Right. So I think like, even when I talk about this stuff with my dad or Pat or my guy friends, I feel like they also get it and they find the fun in it. And I, I just want to use this show as a chance to talk about some of those things. And, and I mean, even if you look at my characters, they are all based in different types of of girls, right? Like it's Manhattan woman, it's Connecticut girl. It's these, these people. And again, they're, they're parodies. They're way over the top. They are, they're not real people, but they're based in some of that reality. And again, I, I don't want to sound too corny, but I think the thing that makes me most just like other girls is that I'm like no one. And none of you guys are like anyone else, because I think part of what makes us like part of being just like other girls is being unique. And I know that that sounds super after school special, you know, like I'm gonna, like, I get it, but I, I genuinely mean it. I think there are communal things that we all experience that I can't wait to talk about and unpack and poke fun at. But I think that they're also part of what makes us so interesting and, and makes us just like other girls is the fact that we are so singular in so many ways. And I'm hopeful that as, you know, more people listen to this and more people download the app and get AMP and they call in, we can talk about their own, just like other girls' experiences. And like, we can sort of compare and contrast and figure out what makes us so similar and the ways in which we're unique. And I'm just really excited about that. I'm excited to sort of be a megaphone for these, like, like I've said, girly experiences that I think for so long have gotten sort of like made fun of. I want to be the one who says like, no, this is awesome. Like loving fall rules because fall is great or whatever these things are. Like I will tell you on about, there is nothing wrong with being a jealous girlfriend. I happen to be one like these sort of, these sort of silly things that I think have become these sort of, these sort of silly things that I think have become caricatures and so much content in the world. Let's not feel the need to have to say, oh, I'm not like other girls as a compliment. Uh, let's let just like other girls be the biggest compliment you can give yourself or anyone else. That's my sort of platform. I know it's, it's maybe a little heady, but that's what I'm thinking. And 
I'm excited to 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 talk about all these things. So I just want to say thank you for listening to the first episode of Just Like Other Girls. We're gonna get better at it. Uh, this was this was the first one. It's like the first day of school, you know, like you get your pencils and you meet your teacher, but nothing really happens. You guys got to meet me and get to know me to know me a little bit, but nothing really happened. So if you have anything you want to hear about, please message me on Instagram. I read all the DMs, I promise. Uh, and I would love to hear what you guys want to talk about. So until next week, talk to you guys later.